The following podcast is brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team from Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. As we commence this podcast today, let us acknowledge the traditional custodians of all the lands on which this podcast will be played around New South Wales. Their art, storytelling, music and dance, along with all First Nations people, hold the memories, the traditions, the culture and hopes of Aboriginal Australia. Let us acknowledge with honour and respect our Elders past, present and future, especially those Aboriginal people in our presence today who have and still do guide us with their wisdom. Welcome to the Creative Cast podcast series. I'm Jackie King and I'm a Creative Arts Project Officer with the Department of Education. Today we are having a subject chat with Alex Manton who is a music teacher at Asquith Girls High School. Hi Alex, how are you going? Hi Jackie, well thanks. I thought today we would talk about the different ways that we teach music within our schools. So luckily I'm a music teacher as well. So I thought we could have a really deep conversation about the different ways and different approaches that we have for teaching performance. So I thought it would be a good way to start, to start talking about the context of our schools, because I know that is really different for us. So do you want to start by having a bit of a chat about what Asquith is like? Yeah, sure, Jackie. So Asquith Girls um, is on the North Shore um, near Hornsby. Um, we have approximately 800 students. At a, at, it's an all-girls school, obviously. Um, the area is um, very much dominated by middle class um, and there's a strong... Um, music community within the wider community. Many of the students that come to our school have already engaged in music in their primary schools, either through specialist music teachers in the classroom or they've been part of their co-curricular band programs and choir programs at school. So we do have many students that come in that already play instruments and are having tuition um, or who have been learning perhaps piano from a, long, a, a young age. Um, although we do have many students students that have, haven't had any formal music training or experience as well. So we're really teaching to a broad range of students within the classroom. Yeah, sure. My experience is a lot different to that. My school is Curry High School, which is in the Hunter Valley. We are a more lower socioeconomic area and our students don't come to us with a very much music background. So they, they generally don't have um, outside music tuition and they tend to have not done a lot in primary school. They might have been in a school choir in primary school. There might be one or two that have connected with a teacher who plays at primary school. And, and I know one of the primary schools does do a little bit of rock band stuff, but it's only with a handful of students, not a lot. And so um, they mostly come to us really fresh. We would have a handful of students 
who do connect uh, with music, who, who might have a family member or someone like that who plays guitar or piano or, or an instrument and they've had a little bit of an experience with an instrument. We, we have a very small handful of students who will come who are amazingly talented, not necessarily because they've had outside tuition, but just because they're intrinsically talented and they have learnt to play instrument through watching YouTube videos or, or again, connecting with a family member. But it, it, it is sort of we generally start their music journey in stage four. So it, it, it is a slightly different context, I guess, to the one you've just described at Asquith. So in saying that, how do you approach performance in stage four? Well, I think it's important to remember why we do performance in the music classroom overall. And I think that when you think about all the, the, the learning areas that we need to teach, for example, in stage four, where you've got performing, composing and listening, I always like to think that composing and listening and performance all stem from doing. And so I like to, in stage four, start with a performance or composition activity. So where they're actually performing music and they get taught, um, you know, a particular riff or a particular song and then all of the music theory and the listening skills are then drawn out of that activity so that it's all interconnected. And I think that's really important for deep knowledge in the long run and for for the students to understand um, the context of what they're doing. Um, Of course. In stage four... I think that at our school, we do a lot of very explicit teaching of instruments because we have the students come in for the first time and many haven't played instruments. And so we do have like a keyboard program and a ukulele program that we start them on. And we do teach them the basic technical skills to be able to play those instruments. We do class performances together. We do small group performances as well as individual performances and assessment on those particular instruments. So yeah, it's very much a mixture of of explicit teaching, but also student led where they might work on certain aspects of the playing will come around the classroom and help them individually to improve their skills. And we've always got the differentiation happening. So we have three levels that students can work to and they can choose which level that they'd like to do. And I think that's incredibly important for accessibility for all students and for them to feel like they're achieving all the time. Um, Because at the end of the day, we want them to feel positive you know that about their learning and um, achieve achievable tasks is super important. I think we're sort of similar in terms of we want to get the kids to achieve something quickly so that they they enjoy it and they they want to come to music and they they're happy to do performance because for them to put themselves out there and and perform that can be quite daunting because they've not experienced it before and they are they are putting themselves out there. So we've actually started in stage four with bucket drumming for the last couple of years and we found that a really great way to start the students in music because it gets them performing percussion and it gets them to, to read some simple rhythm notation which is accessible to them. And we also look at the different levels. So we actually call it level up bucket drumming. And there's seven different levels that the students work towards level seven. 
but at the end of the the unit whatever level they achieve is is what they can do and it's it's very much focused on what you can do so the students in bucket drumming do work sort of self-directed in terms of through their levels and achieve their level and sort of get that level marked off and go to the next level so so that part of it is self-directed but we also try and have like a really fun lesson once a week or once a fortnight where we're doing a class bucket drumming and we will try and bucket drum to a a pop song or or something that's contemporary and 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 within their sort of knowledge or range of songs that they listen to all the time so that they're they're having fun with it as well because we really want to sort of introduce music as being a subject that yes it has serious content but it is fun as well to get them performing and to get them really into it from there we then start to move into instruments term two we look at film music and they start playing different themes of film music on keyboard or guitar and move into to sort of rock band towards the end so do you want to tell me about stage five what do you do with your stage five students yeah i like to approach stage five a little bit differently as it's the elective course you obviously have students on the most part that really want to be there and although a lot of what you teach in stage four is very explicit I like to in stage five enable the students to discover what they want to play what instrument that they're most interested in and we do that through a lot of group activities like composition activities where they write their own songs or arrangement activities so if their their particular group doesn't have a bass player well someone's got to learn their bass and it's their job to work out how to do that with the teacher support so they might use YouTube videos or the internet to look up technique they might obviously use the their listening skills to learn parts or, or look up tab or chord charts to, to learn those parts mm. um, so it's very much extending their skills or developing the, their, their stage four skills so yeah I, I think it's all about exploration and experimentation but by the end of stage five particularly if they're thinking about heading into stage six music I encourage them to really think about what instrument they want to focus on one particular instrument hopefully the one that they're best at going into stage six and I do think that has to be discussion that happens in stage five at some point um, I agree because they yeah they, they really need to start getting those skills happening in stage five yeah it's it's a long journey <laughs> it is a long journey I like yeah. to really try and focus my stage five students so at similar sorts of things to you through group arrangement and and getting them to experiment with different instruments but by the end of stage five having chosen an instrument that is their instrument that they really focus in on I try in my prac lessons though to keep them pretty free so to focus their free pracs um, I like to make sure that they have like a goal and so I've got a a goal sheet for every student for the term this is the overall goal that I want to achieve this term I want to be able to play such and such a song or I want to be able to work on my drumming techniques and be able to play a certain rhythm or, or something like that so they have a big goal And then they step out there or how they're going to achieve that goal over the course of the term. So, and they write every lesson, this is what I'm going to try to achieve this lesson. And they have a reflection at the end of the lesson just to, to give 
that free sort of space a little bit more structure sure. and so yeah this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to achieve it whether that be work with the teacher work with the band grab one of the instrument books off the bookshelf or got this great YouTube video that I'm going to keep working with and um, that sort of thing so making sure that they have a goal and they're staying on track each practice lesson towards their goal yeah, and adding on to a discussion about goals, I think stage five's a great opportunity to create performance opportunities for the students to get out there and perform oh, that. Absolutely. Sort of been working on in groups, whether it be in assemblies or some sort of mad night or performing arts night or community kind of performances. <laughs> so That's almost a whole nother conversation, five, isn't it? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, but the it gives it gives the students an authentic purpose doesn't it at the yeah. end of the day and and I think that's where they really grow yeah as well it is so important by an audience that's yeah. not they're you know just us in the classroom so. yeah getting yeah. them in front of people is really important yeah I really try and build that in so we're really lucky at Curry. we have the famous nostalgia festival and so um in stage five in particular we make sure that within that first term we're, we're working towards everybody performing at the nostalgia festival if we can or that's amazing because yeah. our school actually kicks off the nostalgia festival with a high tea event on the friday and so we have to have a good hour or more worth of music to perform at the nostalgia high tea so yeah, we always have our stage five kids working towards that first term to be able to get them up and performing. And I think that the sooner that you rip that Band-Aid off and get them in front of an audience, the better, particularly working then towards stage six where they have to perform. Yes, that's right. And it, it just promotes so much engagement, doesn't it, Jackie, when when they do have those opportunities and I don't know. I know at my school, the students are really grateful for those opportunities and yeah. um, they really get a lot out of them. So they yeah. love it. They, they love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, I guess we need to cover stage six, although yeah. we've sort of talked about it just briefly. Do, yeah. do you vary what you do in stage six at all? Or do you have any special techniques that you'd like to share with us for performance uh. in stage six? <laughs> Look, I do. I think Obviously, in stage six, the students need to decide what instrument they're going to focus on, particularly leading into HSC. Sometimes that can be difficult if the student wants to perform on two instruments for HSC, but they're considerably stronger on one instrument compared to another. So that conversation, you know, needs to be had to make sure Absolutely. that they're going to achieve their best in the course, which can be a difficult conversation at times. Um, but we've all been through that one. <laughs> Look. I think in stage six, particularly in HSC, it's we do performance workshops. I'm sure many music teachers call it different, you know, have their own word for it. So yeah. a performance workshop is where each person in the class will get up and perform part of the song that they're working on. And that's an opportunity for peer feedback in accordance with the marking criteria as well as teacher feedback. Mm -hmm. And often I'll jump up and, and explicitly work with the student for five to eight minutes on a particular aspect in front of the class so whether it be you know fixing rhythms or working on breathing or you know whatever 
whatever technique needs to be worked on. So the whole yeah. class benefits from the discussion. Yeah, so it's like a masterclass. Yeah. It is a masterclass, yes. So we do a similar thing in stage six. I actually call it concert practice. And I try and keep it, though, as a concert. So not so much a masterclass. I don't really jump in. I, I want them to do a performance and get from a like from the start to the finish doesn't really matter how good it is getting from start to finish and not stopping Um, and then the students then give uh, a peer critique or a feedback and again engaging with the marking criteria and making sure that their feedback is based on that marking criteria and the students always doing a self-reflection as well. So they're, they're, they're constantly trying to grow within themselves. Yeah. yeah. I had a couple of other things to add actually. That, okay. Um, I think it's important for students to record themselves and watch that back to, to yeah. critique. Um, I think that's a really important part of the process, but even moving into music extension, as we all know, the marking criteria to music extension is for music extension is different to music one and two. And I think that many teachers with the extension course will often, you know, support students in practicing their pieces. So it becomes very student led and um, with not as much explicit teaching going on. And I, I think there is scope in the extension course to offer more explicit teaching in terms of working on areas of technique. So preparing a lesson on expression and how you incorporate that across all instruments, you know, how do you incorporate vibrato? How do you, how do you pedal well? I think there is room in the extension course to have prepared lessons based on technique, things like breathing or tone production, um, stylistic elements, performance anxiety, things like that. So yeah, that's something that I want, I do do in my teaching, but I'd like to extend so that that students are really understanding those concepts in, in a lot of detail. And also finally is that many of the students will have tutors at that point. And I, in my experience, I think it's really important to touch base with those tutors where appropriate. Absolutely. I feel like a team and even the parents, you know, like we're the, the specialists of, of music education and the HSC syllabus and their tutors are the specialists of their instruments. And we all need to work together to support that student. And the times where I have reached out and helped explain the syllabus a little, you know, a bit more clearly, the tutor has been <laughs> so grateful. <laughs> You know, you know and, and tutors, though, still have that, um, well, I don't know in, in your area, but in my area, sometimes a lot of the tutors still have that, oh, it's got to be like a concert, a lot of variety yes. of the program. And I'm like, no, yep. it's all marked separately. As an individual and event. That's right. Yes. So I think there's a lot of misconceptions or tutors unaware of how it's marked. And I think that yeah. if we can bridge that gap by having those conversations, the student's going to get the most out of the course and do their best. So Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's great to hear that the, a lot of them have tutors at that stage for you. Yeah. We still don't have a lot of tutors even for stage six, but oh, um, so it's really good to be able to connect with the tutor and um, yeah. the few that have had tutors in my experience are always involved with the HSC, like whether they're accompanying or yes. or that sort of thing. So it's really good to have that mm. partnership with them as well, I agree. Yeah. I think one way you can bridge that gap if they don't have a tutor is to get special guests to come in. 
Absolutely. If you have that within your budget so that you can facilitate that in the classroom in a form of a workshop um, and it's great for the kids to get another perspective other than your own. <laughs> yeah, I try and do that anyway actually if with trying to get, if I've got lots of guitar students like get a guitar specialist yeah. in or, or a vocal specialist especially. Yeah. yeah, it goes a long way. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time today, Alex. I think it's been a really great no chat problem. and hopefully we can have another chat about music a little bit further down the line, maybe covering one of those other important learning areas. Definitely. Thanks, Jackie. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by the Creative Arts Curriculum Team from Secondary Learners Educational Standards Directorate of the New South Wales Department of Education. Get involved in the conversation by following Creative Arts Curriculum 7 to 12 on Facebook or Twitter or join the Creative Arts Statewide Staff Room as a source of all truths regarding curriculum supported by the New South Wales Department of Education. You can contact the Creative Arts Advisor, Catherine Rickett Horvat, or Creative Arts Project Officer, Jackie King, using the email address creativearts7-12 at det.nsw.edu.au. The theme music for this podcast was composed by Alex Manton and audio production by Jason King.